0: Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Well, hey, we're glad that you're here today. For those who have joined us and worshiping online, thank you for joining online. Uh, man, the church is growing, people are becoming members, God is moving. Give him praise. Come on. <laughs> And thank you, worship team, for leading us straight into the presence of Almighty God into this place today. Man, I felt the Spirit of God, and I hope you did too. Uh, I want to jump right in today. I've got a lot of content to cover, but I don't want to take a lot of time for the sake of time. Uh, if you don't already know, we do have our annual Christmas dinner today, directly following the service. But let me just encourage you today: um, we're okay. We have time. Okay, uh, the food's not. It doesn't. It won't grow legs and run away. Uh, it's going to be there when we get over there. It's going to be warm. Uh, I was joking with Pastor Clint on Wednesday. I said, man, every time Clint preaches, these altars are full. And I think it's because people think he's going to get them if they don't get down here. So uh, we're taking it to another level today. I want you to know the back doors are locked. So unless, unless you get down to the altar, you won't get to eat today. I'm kidding. If you're already offended, this message is probably for you. So... Um, But praise God, you're here today. Uh, I'm excited. If you'll go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles, I'll get there in just a couple of moments. Uh, Go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And while you're turning there, uh, today I want to talk to you on the subject the anointing makes the difference. The anointing makes the difference. One of the saddest verses in the Bibles to me is Judges chapter 16, verse 20. And it says, Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. My challenge for us today is that we would not become careless in our walk with Christ and wake up one day only to realize that the anointing had left us because we were not intentional with what God had given us. And my concern for the 21st century church is that we have lost touch with the anointing. More than ever before, we need to be walking in close proximity to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And here's the reality, church. You and I, every person in here that is a believer in Jesus Christ, you and I have been anointed for such a time as this. Look at your neighbor and said, I am anointed for such a time as this. Look at at the person on the other side of you and say, I am anointed for such a time as this. How many of you believe that today? We've been anointed for such a time as this. And the truth is, we need a fresh anointing every day in order to fulfill our calling and purpose that God has called us to. So maybe you're here today and you're asking, what is the anointing? What are you talking about, Pastor kevin When you say the anointing makes the difference, what is the anointing? Well, there's a wonderful man by the name of Dr. Tony Evans, and I felt like he summed it up a lot better than I could. So this is how he uh, explains it. The anointing is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. It enables the believer to understand, apply, and administer spiritual truth. Simply put, the presence of the anointing enables believers to have a spiritual connection. The Holy Spirit indwells us and allows us to connect to the spiritual realm so that we can receive and understand spiritual data as it is transferred from heaven to earth. Somebody say amen. The spiritual receptivity that comes as a result of the anointing allows us to maintain fellowship with God because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. How many is thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit today? A more simple definition of the anointing is it means to be set apart. It means to be empowered, to be protected. And I want want us to look today at someone in the Bible whose life was changed from the moment the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon him. So, if you're there today, or if you have your iPhone or your Android, hold it up in the air and wave it like you actually do care. Okay? You got your U Version Bible apps. If you don't have it downloaded, slap yourself and then download it because the Bible is our God book for living. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to start in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul, I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. So fill your flask with oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Let me note here, God had already chosen the one who was to be the next king. Though he hadn't told Samuel yet, God had already anointed this person. He had already chosen and selected this man. That's what it says there in the text. Verse 2, but Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What is wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice as well. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought to himself, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse told his son Abinadab, step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. And next Jesse summoned Shimei. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. And in the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Wow. So he sends Samuel out there, and he goes through all seven of the sons. What's going on? You said you were sending me here to anoint someone. And I went through all seven of these who were standing here before me today. And you said these are not the ones. And then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he is out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said, for we will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Father, we thank you for your work. We thank you that it is sharper than any double-edged sword for the cutting down of stronghold. We thank you that it is alive and active and powerful. God, I pray that you would anoint my mind, that you would anoint my lips to speak the words you have put into my heart. I pray that you would anoint our ears and our hearts to receive and apply your word today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. What I want us to understand today is that when David was anointed, it changed his life. It wasn't just the physical anointing of his head with the oil from the prophet Samuel. This was symbolic. But it was the fact that God chose David because he knew his heart and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in a powerful way. From that moment forward, his destiny was changed. The anointing of God on David's life empowered him to do what he could not have done otherwise. That's what we've got to understand about the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives today as believers is that the anointing will empower us to do what we cannot otherwise do without it. And so quickly I want to show you today three things that I pulled out and I'm sure there's so many other things in the life of David but three things that I want to point out to you that the anointing empowered David to do. So if you're taking notes because we believe that note takers are note takers are history makers. Three things that the anointing empowered David to do. Number 1. The anointing empowered David to drive out evil spirits. To drive out evil spirits. If you go on in the text, it goes on to say that the Lord sent an evil spirit to torment Saul. And Saul's servants begin to look for someone. They begin to look for musicians. Someone that could calm him down. That could take care of this problem. And they end up talking to Jesse. And Jesse sends David to serve Saul. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel sixteen twenty three, And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. And then Saul would feel better, and the tormenting spirit would go away. The anointing empowered David to drive out evil spirits. How long has it been since you've walked in the anointing of God that allowed you to drive out the spirit of the enemy from your home? That allowed you to drive out the spirit of insecurity? That allowed you to drive out the spirit of fear? That has come upon you at different times. That allows you to drive out the spirit of anxiety. Anybody? Number two. The anointing allowed David to walk humbly. David was anointed in private and he went back to the pasture to take care of his father's sheep. If you read your Bible, you will find that David was actually anointed three times. And there was a period of seven years before he actually ever became king. That's humility. Here's what we need to understand today. If you're taking notes, a good place to start. The anointing does not elevate you above serving. It elevates you above self. I'll say that again. The anointing does not elevate you above serving. It elevates you above self. You are anointed to serve. And the reality is today, church, that if serving is beneath you, the anointing is beyond you. David's anointing was bigger than a position. It was bigger than a title, but it was about a kingdom purpose. And the anointing does not make us arrogant. It empowers us to walk humbly before the Lord. 1 Peter 5.5 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 18.12 talks about how humility precedes honor. Micah 6.8 says, and this is what the Lord requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Your attitude today will determine your altitude tomorrow. We need to understand today, church, that though culture and its trends have changed, and though culture and celebrities and though the world may appoint And recognize certain types of people with certain types of lifestyles. The kingdom culture has never changed. Humility is still blessed by God. God blesses humility. God honors humility. God anoints humility. God appoints humility. And your level of humility in one season will determine your level of honor in the next. And the third thing that the anointing empowered David to do. Is it empowered him to slay giants. You see, David's secret weapon was not his skill or his sling. It wasn't a bow and arrow. It was the anointing. The anointing of God will empower you to slay every giant that threatens your life and your family today. Do you hear me? Do you believe that? Now for David, it was a physical giant. It was a massive, huge, actual giant there in front of him. But for us, it's Spiritually speaking, spiritual giants that come to attack our family, that come to attack our lives, that come to attack us in the workplace, that come to attack our ministries. And I believe with all of my heart today that God is getting ready to raise up some giant killers in this season. And you've already been called, you've already been anointed, you've already been appointed, and it's time to get up, step up, and step out. You don't need man's weapons, you don't need man's armor, you don't need man's resources, because the reality is, is that Saul tried to get David to wear his armor, not realizing that the only thing David needed was the anointing of God. And I want to prophesy over somebody's life today that you've been wondering what it's going to take to get in this next season where God wants you to be and the Lord says to you that it's only the anointing that you need. You don't need man's resources. You don't need man's talents. You don't need man's skills. You need the anointing of God for your life. All you need is a little bit of faith and the anointing of God. And when you step out in faith and obedience... Every giant that comes your way will begin to fall in defeat because there's a supernatural anointing on your life. I wish I had about 25 giant killers in this room today that would stand up and declare before the enemy, I wish a devil would. I wish a giant would. I wish the enemy would try to cross me right now. Do I have anybody that's that bold this morning? The reality is is some of y'all need to get a mama type anointing in this place. How many knows what i the mamas know what I'm talking about in here? Has anybody ever tried to mess with your baby? Or the grandmamas in here, anybody tried to mess with your grandbaby? And all of a sudden, you begin to walk in a different type of anointing. We went to pick up our three-year-old Brexton the other day from daycare. And he got in the car and he said, mama, daddy, that girl pushed me. And I thought my wife was going to jump out of the car. I mean, you've seen when somebody's in the front seat and they turn their head or they turn their neck. She turned her whole body and I thought she was going to jump out of the front seat. And she said, who pushed you? And Brexton said, that girl. She said, what did you do? And he said, I push her. I say that to say that in a serious spiritual sense we need to get a mama type anointing and begin to serve notice on the devil and say devil I will cut you faster than you can blink because I'm a blood bought, holy ghost filled, child of the living God. I've been anointed I've been appointed for such a time as this. There ain't no devil out of hell that can stop me. There's no giant there's no obstacle. There's no spirit out of hell that can prevent me from what God has called me to do. It's time for a fresh anointing. That song was perfect that the worship team began to sing a fresh wind. Man, I felt it in this place. I don't know if you did, but I felt a fresh wind sweeping in this house today, and I believe God's going to do something amazing if we can uh, hold out for the food. (laughs) So maybe you're here today and you say, This is great. You're passionate. This all sounds good, but where's the how to? How do I do this? How do I walk in the anointing of God for my life? Well, I'm glad you asked. We must answer this question because we need to understand that the anointing is not just something that rests upon us unintentionally. The anointing is intentional, and if we are not intentional, God will use someone else. So quickly, let's walk through some action steps, a few action steps to living an anointed life. If you haven't been taking notes, this is a great place to start. How to live an anointed life or action steps to living an anointed life. Number one, we need to recognize that God's anointing is available to all believers. God's anointing is available to all believers. It's not the tallest. It's not the best looking. It's not the most talented. It's not the most gifted. We see that in the scripture. David was in the field taking care of his father's sheep and the goats. And all of the other best looking tall and skilled brothers were standing before the prophet. And he said, the Lord says none of these are them. <laughs> we won't sit down until David comes. God's anointing is available to all believers. 2 Corinthians 1.21 in the English Standard Version says, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. What happened to the days of relying on the anointing of God? May I propose that question? What happened to the days when we didn't rely on all of these other things, but we strictly relied on the anointing of the Holy Spirit? The days of praying, praying the prayer of faith and power and watching God move right then on our behalf. What happened to the days of getting the anointing oil out of the cabinet and walking around the house and anointing every door frame, every room, anointing prayer cloths and putting them in the pillowcases and taking authority over our homes and over our children and serving notice on the enemy that you can't cross the bloodline. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. What happened to those days? I'm not talking about a cultish thing. I'm not talking about a weird thing. It's an anointed thing. I'm talking about walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and taking authority over the enemy. You see, I'm afraid, church, that we've become too busy. Sadly, we've become too busy. That's why we don't walk in the power of the anointing of God for our life. Our schedules are cram-packed. Half the time we're running on fast food, energy drinks, and anxiety meds. We overwork ourselves, we overbook ourselves, we end up running on empty and then we have to take Sundays off to recover so we don't make it to church half the time. I don't know about you, but I still believe deep down in my heart that there is a tidal wave of revival that is coming to the church and I don't just mean this church, I mean the capital C church. And when it comes, we will either be ready or we won't. And I'm believing that we will see lost people hungry for God flooding into the churches across the nations and they won't be looking for a church calendar. They won't be looking for a life group. They won't be looking for an event or an activity. They'll be looking for salvation. They'll be looking for deliverance. They'll be looking for healing. They'll be looking for freedom. And it's going to be the anointing that makes the difference. It's going to be someone who can walk up and begin to grab them by the hand and pray the prayer of faith and power and believe for God to do something supernatural in their life. What happened to those days of relying on the anointing of the Holy Spirit? God, we need a fresh anointing. We need fresh oil today, Holy Spirit. God is looking for a remnant of people. Who are intentionally walking in His anointing for their lives, who are serving Him faithfully, who are ready and available to be used at any moment to pray the prayer of faith, to preach the gospel, to bring salvation and deliverance to a lost and hurting world. It's the anointing that makes the difference, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that drives out the enemy. It's the anointing that will enable you to take back your life, to take back your calling, to take back your ministry, to take back your family, to take back your marriage, and everything God has called you to possess. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Number two. How do I live an anointed life? We have to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives. It seems simple. It seems practical. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life. To be anointed is to be led of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, What I say is this, let the Spirit direct your lives, and you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the Spirit wants. And what the Spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies. And this means you cannot do what you want to do. Let the Spirit direct your lives. If we want to be anointed, we have to be led of the Holy Spirit. We have to let Him have His way in our lives. You cannot have the anointing without the Holy Spirit. My way or the highway mentality won't get you an anointed life. The anointed life is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. If you want to walk in the anointing of God, you must walk in step with the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, move, move. If the Holy Spirit says, speak, speak. If the Holy Spirit says, be quiet, be quiet. If the Holy Spirit says, stay, stay. If the Holy Spirit says, write the check, write the check. We have to walk in step with what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. Every day. It's not a one-time thing. We will never walk fully in the anointing of God if we're always calling the shots in our life. For some of us in this place today, in order for us to really be used of God in this next season, we're going to have to come to a come-to-Jesus meeting with self and say, Self, you are not calling the shots. The Holy Spirit is calling the shots in my life. And if you're too prideful to allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign in your life, that's okay. He'll use someone else. Number three. How to live an anointed life. Abide in Him. Abide in Him. David abided. He abided in the presence of God. I have to believe, reading the scripture and knowing the heart of David, as he was out there taking care of those sheep, and he was out there in the field, that he was just worshiping the Lord. All of the time, worshiping the Lord and taking care of the sheep and abiding in the presence of God. 1 John 2, 27 says, But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is not a lie, just it has taught you, abide in him. The word abide means to stay, to remain, to continue in fellowship with him. David was anointed because he abided. And if I want to walk in the anointing of God, I have to constantly be abiding in Christ. It is an everyday, 24-7 walk. I have to feed my mind and my spirit and my heart daily with his presence. I have to listen to podcasts. I have to read my Bible. I have to listen to the Bible. I have to pray. I have to worship. I have to listen to audiobooks. How many knows what I'm talking about? How many has a certain thing that you do or or several things that you do to feed your mind every day? We have to constantly be feeding our spirits. We have to abide in Him. The anointing rests on us when we abide in Him. When I think about people who know what it means to abide in the presence of God, I think about my grandfather. I think about the heritage that I was blessed to be raised up in. I think about my mother. Because these are people who know what it means to abide. People who actually go into a physical prayer closet and get on their knees and begin to intercede for God to work on the behalf of others. Recently, as God was preparing this message in my heart, I thought a lot this last week of my grandfather and how I wish there was one more time, there was one more prayer service that I could walk in And listen to my grandfather just begin to pray. Because there was an anointing of God on his life. My grandfather was not an educated man. My grandfather was not the most intelligent man. My grandfather was not the most skilled man. But there is one thing that you would know when you walked in a room. That the anointing of God rests upon his life. When I would begin to walk down to the front and my grandfather would always walk to the very front and he would kneel at the front pew and he would get his handkerchief out and all of a sudden he would begin to intercede and he would begin to travail and he would begin to speak in tongues. And when he did that, I don't know how to explain it to you, but the power of God came all over my body. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up and it wasn't because he was somebody, it was because the anointing of God was resting upon his life. And I've had the privilege of being raised by a godly mother who taught me what it means to pray, who taught me what it means to walk in the love of Christ, who taught me what it means to be at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, not because it was out of tradition, but because we need to be in the house of God, because we need to abide in the presence of God. A mother who's not ashamed of the anointing, a mother who's not ashamed of going down the road in her car and speaking in tongues. Abide in Him. And lastly, to live an anointed life, we've got to keep our lamps full. Worship team, you can come. If we're going to live an anointed life, we have to keep our lamps full. If the oil represents the Holy Spirit, then that means we need fresh oil every day. We need a fresh anointing every day. Did you know that the original use of the oil before anything else was for the sheep? The shepherds would use oil. They would pour oil over the heads of their sheep to keep away the flies and the insects. In fact, I read a whole other article. I don't have time to read all of that, but I encourage you to look it up. One lady really just writes out some specific things of reasons why they poured oil over the the sheep's head. But one of them specifically was so that it would keep away the flies and the insects because the flies and the insects would get up in their nose and they would get all in them and then they would harbor themselves down in the sheep and cause infections. How many knows that's relative to today? We need fresh oil to keep away the insects, to keep away the things that the enemy wants to get harbored in our lives and cause wounds and cause bitterness and cause offense. We need fresh oil. Old oil attracts flies and things that will try to harbor themselves in you and cause infection and damage. The reality is, church, I cannot fight today's battles with yesterday's oil. I need fresh oil. I need extra oil. If we were all honest today, we would admit that not only are some of us EGR people, which means extra grace required, but also we are EOR people. We are extra oil required. I don't know about you, but I'm an EOR person. I need extra oil. I need extra oil to get through tomorrow. I need extra oil to get through next week. I need extra oil to get through the rest of this year. I need extra oil to begin to prepare for next year and everything that God has planned. I need extra oil and I need fresh oil if I'm going to live an anointed life. And here's the reality, church. Why am I saying all this? Because I believe that people are hungry again for a fresh anointing, a fresh fire, a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to see revival take place, it starts with a remnant of people that will fight to keep their lamps full of fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh fire. In closing, you can stand with me today. Many of you may remember the story in Matthew chapter 25. The story of the ten virgins and there was five that were wise and five that were foolish. And the five wise virgins brought extra oil for their lamps. They were prepared. They were hungry. They knew they needed extra fresh oil. But the five foolish virgins did not bring enough oil. And when the bridegroom came, they missed their opportunity because they did not keep their lamps full. church we need fresh oil today we need a fresh anointing today and I believe that this the the Holy Spirit put this message on my heart and what I sensed in my spirit is the Lord saying that if we're going to be able to make it in this next season if we're going to be able to accomplish everything God is wanting us to accomplish as a church, as a community, then we need fresh oil. We need a fresh anointing. Is there about 10 people in this place today that says, "God, I need fresh oil. I need a fresh anointing." Today, I believe that there are many here today who are in need of a fresh anointing. You are in desperate need of an oil change. You've been running on old oil. You've been running on yesterday's oil, on last week's oil, on last month's oil, on last year's oil. And it's time for some fresh oil. It's time for a fresh anointing on your ministry, a fresh anointing on your marriage, a fresh anointing on your family, a fresh anointing on your children. And some of you today are watching online. And I specifically felt this in my spirit for those who are watching online today. That there are some who are watching online and you've been hurt and wounded by the church in the past. And you have tossed around the idea of possibly never getting involved in another church again because you feel so hurt and you feel so crushed and you feel so burned and wounded. But the Lord says to you today, you need fresh oil. In order to get the deep healing that you need, You need fresh oil. You need a fresh anointing. Some of you are in this place today and you're facing a time of frustration in your life. You don't know what to do anymore. You're tired. You're bitter. You're resentful. You're frustrated. The Lord says you need fresh oil. You've been trying to find healing with old oil. Come to Him today and let Him give you fresh oil. So here's what I want to do. Prayer team, come. Please don't make me beg today. We've been seeing the Lord move in a powerful way in our church. We've been seeing the Lord move in a powerful way in these altars. Just last week, as Pastor Clint brought the word, and I watched as the altars were full, I believe because people are hungry. And I watched something that happened last week that hasn't happened in a long time. People lingered in the altar. Nobody rushed to get out. Nobody ran to the door. People stayed and lingered in the presence of God. And I believe today that we need to do that. We need to linger. Not for the sake of lingering, but because we need a fresh oil. We need a fresh anointing. And so here's what I'm going to ask the prayer team to do today. And I'll probably join you guys down here. We're not going to push you. We're not going to do anything weird but I can promise you what we are going to do for those who come today and say, God, I need a fresh oil. I need a fresh anointing. We're going to take the anointing just like they did in the Bible. We're going to put the anointing oil on our hands, on our fingers. We're going to anoint you with oil and ask God to give you a fresh oil, to give you a fresh anointing on your life, for God to do something supernaturally. And I believe that from this day forward, we're going to see a difference in our church, in our community. Because people in this body of believers are going to begin to walk in a fresh anointing. And when that happens, something powerful begins to happen. When we begin to walk in unity, together in power, in anointing, what happened to David? It changed his life. And not only will it change your life, and not only will it change this church, but it will begin to affect those on the outside because we'll begin to run into unbelievers and people who don't know, they've never experienced, and we won't even have to do anything. We won't even have to say anything. We may walk by them and brush them, and all of a sudden, they feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God begins to work in their life. And God begins to plant seeds. So I'm going to ask you today, if you need a fresh oil, if you need a fresh anointing, would you just begin to come? Don't wait. Don't look for your neighbor to come down. Don't wait for somebody else. We need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh oil. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on.